Welcome to episode six of the Alan Badger podcast. Um, in this episode, we are going to be delving into the topic of climate change, uh, hot off the back of the COP26 conference, which has just finished. It's a big topic, and we're going to touch on a few things that we hope will be helpful. And uh, as ever, we want to try and look at this from a biblical worldview standpoint. So first of all, uh, COP26 in Glasgow, it's just finished. Um, The COP stands for Conference of the Parties. Um, So I thought I'd just add that in there because it's one of those titles that is often banded about but never fully explained. Um, But yeah, this is is potentially a, a big issue, isn't it, Helen? Uh, Yeah, it is. It's been in the news a lot, hasn't it, this last two weeks? A lot of um, fuss about who was coming and how they were getting there. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know it was called Conference of the Parties. I didn't know that's what it stood for. Yeah, it's it's a kind of... Yeah, well, every every day day is a a school day, as they say. But yeah, it's kind of like one of those assumptions that that is made that everybody knows what it means. But but there we are, conference, Conference of the Parties. Um, but yeah, it's, it has been in all over the news, hasn't it? And and uh, like you say, people arriving uh, at the start was uh, a, a big news item, and all, all the aeroplanes coming in, they actually had to park them elsewhere, I believe, didn't they? Because of um, didn't have enough room at the various airfields they were arriving yeah. at. So um, that was a that was a great start, I suppose, for a climate conference. But I suppose you know people have got to get there somehow, I guess, which is fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, I think there was um, also a large number of uh, vehicles from the American party, wasn't there? Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. Yeah, how many? Socially distanced, I think. There were only like three or four in a car or something. And Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it it's been 80 vehicles. It is something crazy like that, isn't it? For Yeah, the, pre- the presidential motorcade you're talking about. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, look, Helen, you, you're really kind of, um, you know, you're very much focused, I think, on 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 science and on nature. This is a particular topic that is, is close to your heart, isn't it? Do you want to just like explain why that is for people um, listening? Yeah, well, I grew up on a farm, um, a beautiful dairy farm in the New Forest. And um, so I've always loved nature loved being outside um very as as far back as i can remember i've had a complete fascination with um living creatures and how things work and um plants and animals and um and i suppose that's it was a natural thing for me to to go into science and and biology in particular um but yeah, so, and I focused, uh, ended up focusing particularly on conservation. And so for me, I've always, I, I don't think of myself as a conservation or, or uh, any kind of um, activist or anything, but I've always thought about, you know, how important it is that we care for the environment in which we live and we don't do things to deliberately to, um, you know, that would damage uh the countryside or or you know damage nature um all that sort of thing um but i i think it's only it's only more recently that um the whole uh, climate activism thing has really really taken off in quite a different trajectory really um i mean one of the things i was thinking about growing up um, in farming lots of traditional family farms um many in this country are um are run by families and have often been run for generations by the same people and and i would say that most of the people that i know who are in farming have really take really quite seriously their responsibility as um people who look after the countryside and pass on uh, what they have to the next generation. So um, I think conservation has always been something that many farmers have taken seriously. And mm. um, many, you know, really think about that 
quite carefully, which is not something that is portrayed uh, at the moment. I think often we get a bad press and it's as if all farming is really bad for the environment. Yeah, so that's the kind of yeah. background that I come from. Um, and obviously as a Christian, that brings in a whole nother dimension, which I've again thought about since I've been quite young as, um, you know, our role as Christians and as stewards of the natural world that we have been given, the responsibility we have been given by God. Yeah, yeah, and that that's that's a really that's a really key starting point, isn't it? The kind of responsibility that we have been given by God, and that goes back to what it says in uh, in Genesis, doesn't it? In terms of man was put in put in a garden to to care for it, to work it, to to nurture it, to look after it, um, and I think that's always an important place to start, isn't it? As Christians, is to actually say, well, actually, how did God intend this to be in the first place? Mm. Uh, because if we don't do that, we are going to replace God, in essence, aren't we? And we're going to put our own view of what um, what creation should be. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to what you're saying about about you know being from a farming background and everything i think that that's that's really uh an important part of your life i know isn't it but but it's also really interesting to note that we've seen over the last i think probably 20 years now there's always been a um, unfortunately there's been a kind of uh, a disconnect between those who live in an urban environment and those who live in the countryside and it's quite often feels like it's the people in the urban environment want to tell those in the countryside how they should how they should live, how they should care for the environment that they grow up in, as if farmers and the farming community don't care for the for the countryside. And yet, you know, it's, it's that it, that isn't the case at all. Um, yeah. And that's what you've grown up with, isn't it? So you you've grown up caring for livestock and seeing the. Um, the amazing way creation actually works and kind of living out that Genesis mandate really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I don't want to over-romanticise it. It's jolly hard work working the land. It is really hard work. But um, it also can be absolutely amazing. I mean, you can, you know, be up at the crack of dawn and see all sorts of things when you're out getting the cows in ready for milking or whatever and you also have the amazing privilege when you're working with animals of um you know uh, new birth um i always say lambing time is just the most amazing time because you're dealing you have to deal with death as well but yeah. um you know birth these new living creatures that you're you're helping to come into the world it's it it many farming people even if they're not christians would describe it as a spiritual experience and there's a kind of spiritual connection that many people feel with the land um which which maybe can be quite hard to um put into words but um yeah and i certainly have felt um many a time this kind of disconnect with the urban um and this feeling that people who maybe don't really understand the countryside can be dictating to those who live and work in the countryside yeah what they should be doing or telling them what they're doing wrong and all that sort of thing and and it's i think like many of these issues they're very complex and it's not as straightforward as as many activists seem to think it is um yeah yeah i think i think that is that is definitely definitely true um and it's good to just kind of spend a little bit of time looking on you know considering your background particularly as we talk about this because you're coming from it from a point of view of actually having lived it and seen the direct impact of um dealing with the you know the land dealing with animals um how that you know the good side of that the hard side of that and um, you know, I know from conversations that you know we've had for a long time now as well. Just and how difficult it is as well. How difficult it is to sometimes you know make ends meet and make something that um, should be a livelihood into into that. Um, 
So yeah, I think there's a lot of things which are really tied into this, but just kind of going, bringing it back to sort of that original mandate of why um, why this is so important. Um, as Christians, we refer to um, the world around us as creation, don't we? Because we acknowledge that there is a creator God, and I think that that's a, that's a good place to start. Um, because with the COP twenty six conference, it's very much all about the environment, all about the natural world. But the, but the problem with those terms, from a Christian point of view, is it removes the creator from that, and he, and we want to be clear that we have to acknowledge God in every aspect of this if we're going to have a a clear uh, view about what the right path through this um is um so yeah do you want to just maybe just think about this idea of stewardship a little bit um about what you know what what god says and what your thoughts on that yeah well definitely i think you're completely right if we once we acknowledge that god is creator then um we we understand that creation is his handiwork and therefore we know well, who is it that we look to in order to see how we should be stewarding creation? Because that's the role that God has given. Well, we look to him. We look to him to tell us how we should be doing that. And and the order and the way that God has laid out is going to be the way that is best for caring for creation. Yeah, yeah. And the the, the, the sense that it's perhaps easy to get from something like the COP26 conference or even before before that, to be honest, with the um, climate protests that we've seen and the climate activism that we've seen over the last um, two or three years is that um, the environment is, is almost there to be worshipped. It's not just a case of taking God out of it in terms of there is a creator god and removing him from it it's actually replacing god with the the environment the natural world itself and elevating that to a point where we should worship that and it's um yeah it's 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 a it's a dangerous place to be isn't it and and i think it's that kind of going back to genesis you know the the satan saying you know to Eve in the garden, you know, did God really say? Um, and it's that kind of the oldest trick in the book, isn't it? It's like putting that seed of doubt into people's minds. Well, actually, you know, yeah, maybe maybe God uh, didn't create the world. Maybe maybe uh, that's not true. And therefore, then God doesn't exist. And if God doesn't exist, then what do I put in place of God? And of course, we always want to put something in place of God. And for the last few years we've seen the environment take a possible place of god um i don't want to go too far down this down this one but william william philip um who is the uh, pastor of the the tron church um up in glasgow he um he had a few th- interesting things to kind of say around this i think didn't he yes he did he um he he's a very wise man in my opinion um he he talked um i listened to a podcast that he did which is which is excellent um and he talked about the the danger of reversing the order that is in genesis one um and he talked about three things which which are a reversal of genesis one the first one is uh the depopulation agenda so the idea that there are too many human beings that Mm -hmm. that's the problem that human beings are the problem yeah and therefore we need less of them yeah um and and that is a reversal of genesis one in in genesis um humanity is told to to go forth and multiply so it's very clear god created human beings in his image um and that is a good thing and god wants human beings populating his earth so so that was the first thing the the second thing he talked about which is a whole issue i could talk about for a long time is the issue of rewilding which has been talked about a lot recently yeah. in this whole agenda um and 
and how that is a reversal of Genesis 1 because it's quite clear that we as human beings God has told us to um, to care for and to work the land um, and so the idea that actually we should not do that and let the land revert to whatever it would become if we just kind of moved out and left it alone is again a reversal of Genesis 1. And then the third area that he talked about was transgenderism being reversal of Genesis 1 which is quite clear when God created male and female. Um, yeah. So if we are going to start to deny that uh, then then that again is a reversal of Genesis 1. And I thought those areas were really, really interesting. Um, they're, and, and maybe they're very just, important. Um, very important. Um, yeah. And, and they kind of all encompass this, this idea when you were talking about the, um, if we take away God as creator and the danger of then putting uh, the earth or the environment as as God, mm -hmm. well, the other part in that is is taking away the place of humanity, taking away the place of humans, and and the way God has created the order He has created is very clear as Creator that that human beings are created at the the top of His creation, mm. made in His image, mm. and that mm. the rest of creation falls under the stewardship of human beings. So there's a very clear order there, um, and. That is what has been completely mixed up in this whole agenda that we are seeing. Uh, yeah, I, I think that 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 is that that is spot on, and and I think the observations and the points that William Philip makes are really really key because they kind of unearth not only what's happening, but 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 why it's happening, and and you see the tactic of the enemy through this of, of Satan ultimately which is always to undo or try and undo what God has ordained and and that's how as Christians you can easily see the enemy's tactics is when it, when something goes against what we read in the Bible we can see right okay that an alarm bell should ring now i start i should start paying attention because this is possibly what the enemy is trying to trying to do and and like we say it's that 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 oldest trick in the book did god really say did he really say it should be this way no maybe not it could be another way you know that that's that's the tactic used isn't it i mean this um was it this this week or last week that jamie franklin from the um irreverend podcast he put out a, a tweet didn't he just advocating um the fact that the, the biblical mandate is is to you know reproduce which is <laughs> Anti, have children. Have children. children. Are a good thing. Yeah, and, and <laughs> very controversial. Yeah, it shouldn't be controversial, is it? It's, it's stating the obvious, biblically speaking. Um, yes, of course, there are um, there are people who can't have children. They might be single, or might be married couples who, who cannot have children. That's not. He's not commenting on that. He's simply commenting on on just a, a, a general biblical principle, which goes back to Genesis. You know. Fill, fill the earth, multiply, um, which is why William Philip talking about this depopulation agenda, as you say, is 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 an e it's an evil thing, and it goes in goes against what God has ordained. Um, mm. But um, this is why it's it's good to always, as Christians, it's good to say, well, actually, what does the Bible say? Um, what does the Bible say? What and does you know what it what is the um, the principle with which we see written throughout scripture so yeah mm. he's, he's a good guy is William Philip sound guy he is a sound good guy. chap I think the other thing just on that is that um, the bible is very clear and the essence of the gospel is that every individual person is precious to God mm. every person has been made in God's image image and is precious to him and yes. Jesus died for every individual person he cared god cares that much about every individual person therefore this kind of idea that actually 
we're not really valued individuals, that we are a mass of humanity and that there are too many of us and we need to, I, I don't know what way they're planning to, to proposing to do this, but to kind of reduce, massively reduce the population of the earth, uh, suggests would suggest to me this kind of idea of for the general good, we should find a way to reduce the number of people. And, and that whole idea has to suggest that the actual there is no real value to any particular individual you're just one of a number that is too many yeah and that goes completely against everything it, that it, god says in his word it, it does sorry i'm just kicking the microphone now. no yeah that that is that is that is true um and and this is the sad thing that if if you you know if you if you don't believe that god is the creator then you have to just try and believe have a greater faith i think that um we're just here by chance and essentially we're an accident and i think i can't think of a more desperate place to be than that really mm. um so yeah i think having having um that grounded view that God is a creator and he loves the individual is so, so important. But we've kind of, it, it feels a bit like um, a new religion, doesn't it? The whole climate agenda, shall we call it? Um, shall we call it that? I mean, we don't want to call it, you know, the purpose isn't to, uh, <laughs> to wind people up. But we got to call it something. What like climate movement, climate agenda, whatever. But it it does feel well, like climate crisis is clim- what we've been climate crisis. That's what we've been told to call this, isn't it? It feels like a new religion, doesn't it? And and I think we're kind of it, it feels a bit like that in in the church as well, of all places. Yeah, it's. Um... It is. I mean, this idea of Gaia worship has been around for a long time, hasn't it? Um, but it, it it feels like it's evolved from from there into something. There's a lot of religious language that's been used, um, and and there seem to be anyone who doesn't uh, conform to the accepted narrative. Um, gets cancelled or silenced that mm. it's like they're heretics um and it, i mean it's, it seems to me very similar to what we've been talking about with the whole covid crisis um you know interesting use of the similar sort of language yes it is but similar. again with these, this religious um zealous language and behavior and and again the the cancelling and silencing of people who may question or um, hold a view that is, you know, contrary to the accepted narrative, including scientists, including, you know, people who who have something to say as experts in their field. But if it's not acceptable, then no, thank you. We don't want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, and and that that never that that doesn't lead to anybody having the um, opportunity to f- have a well informed opinion because to ha- to be well informed you've got to um, take into account all the views and make a judgment for yourself which you are going to align yourself with and if you're only being fed one particular view then you're not going to be well informed uh, you may still choose to go with the the, the mainstream narrative. But I think that should only be when you've had everything on the table. Um, that's uh, that's really key. I mean, going back to you know this this point about Gaia worship. So, so Gaia is what we were talking about earlier. It's this idea of personification of of the Earth, isn't it? It's it's um, elevating the Earth to a god-like status, um, and it's uh, yeah. It's 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 a bit 
it's a bit crazy, really, but this is this is the reality of it, and it, and it's always slightly amusing in a in a a little bit of a dark way, I suppose, when we talk about um, well, we don't worship idols anymore, do we? And we don't we don't worship other gods. And it's like, well, yes, we do actually, we totally do. Um, you know, there's no, there's nothing new under the sun, and uh, today. In many places, we are now worshipping the earth, which has been done for a long, long time. And this is the the challenge for us as Christians, isn't it? Because it's very easy to get swept up in this. And I'm always a little wary when the focus of the church is directed by what's happening in the world. Um, What do you think about that? Yeah, I think when you start to see the church using the same language as you're hearing in the media, that you're hearing politicians use, um, you know, when you start to hear, sometimes I think I I can't hear much difference at all Mm. from what, what I'm hearing from church leaders and what I'm hearing from politicians, and they seem to be using the same language and, um, not talking about God at all, um, and I'm afraid to say, I think the Archbishop of Canterbury has been yeah, guilty of this. Yeah. And, you know, he, he he's had a great opportunity, a, a platform from which he could be, um, you know, telling the many people listening the gospel message. And instead, he's just been saying the same things as the politicians, talking as if we have the answer to the climate crisis and that we as human beings are going to save the earth and I mean, i'm paraphrasing what he has said but that's how it appears to me yeah it's like it's yeah you know losing sight of no there's only one savior and that is jesus yeah yeah and that, that kind of came through the the, the prayer for cop 26 didn't it which was um a slightly uh unsettling thing to behold um but yeah i think this this the church in certainly the 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 mainstream church or what the what people who aren't christians would see as the church i think can give a very muddled view of what what christianity is what the mission of the church is um and i think non-christians could be forgiven for thinking well the mission of the church is the same as is, is the same as somebody who doesn't acknowledge the existence of god the mission of the church is is to is to save save the save the save the planet um i think people could be quite easily forgiven for thinking that sometimes because um, considering what the mission of the church is so that the mission part of it just simply refers to a task being sent out to do something and the church part of that refers to the body of Christ. That's what the church is. It's made up of people who know and love and put their trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and I think the, that mission has got quite wide now, hasn't it? And there's a lot of good intentions there, for sure. And there's a lot of good things that the church does and should be doing. However... I think the mission of the church is to go into the world to make disciples, declaring the gospel of Jesus in the power of the Spirit, and then gathering those disciples that are made into churches that they may worship and obey Jesus now and into eternity to the glory of God the Father. Um, It's not the church's responsibility to right every wrong or to meet every need. Though by God's grace, we will do some of both of those things. But it is the church's responsibility alone. And this is the thing, alone. That is the church's responsibility to proclaim the gospel. And we forget that as our, at our peril. And I think, you know, those that was Kevin DeYoung putting it like that. Um, and I think he's, he's spot on with that. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and actually... Um... I have a feeling that that's actually what many people out there want to hear from the church. I'm not sure they want us just droning on about 
um, climate change or, or, or COVID or, or whatever else. I think, I think they, they want to hear, um, they want to hear something different from the church. And, and I think if that's challenging, I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I think they want, I think people are desperate to know, to hear how much God loves them. I think mm. they're desperate mm. to hear that there is a message of hope. In, yeah. it, so much of what they hear is, is doom laden and hopeless and frightening actually. Um, so, you know, we've had 18 months of constant fear mongering from the government and and now we have a new subject to be scared witless about how um climate change is going to you know ruin the world and and you know we've got children scared that that they're not going to have a future and and the, mm. the world is going to heat up and and everyone's going to humanity is going to become extinct um yeah and that that's what the church the church should be we have the, the the message, the gospel, which is the antidote to that. It's exactly. it's the answer to that. It's it's to say, you know what? Jesus has paid the price of our sin. He's he's enabled us to be put right with God. We have a hope. We have a future. This is unique. You'll only find this answer in Jesus. And then you have a correct perspective and a correct outlook in the world around us. You yeah. start to see it through how God wants us to see it. And this isn't saying that that we shouldn't care for the environment. Of course we should, you know. But it's certainly not saying that we should elevate the environment to some sort of God-like status. Perhaps even God with a, a lowercase g. <laughs> and... And, you know, Christians should be doing that, but I think we can all too easily fall into that trap. And I think sometimes we we do that because we want to be seen to be doing something that's acceptable in the world's eyes that will that will make people feel comfortable. Um, and we we can just dilute the gospel. We can just dilute. I mean, well, we do dilute the gospel. Um, so I think we got we, we got to come back to what the mission of the church actually is. And you know, I've got I've got a book on my bookshelf behind me, which is called the Mission of the Church. And one of the things in that book, it talks about the you know caring for creation. But I think I think he gets it wrong in the book. I have to be honest. I think he gets it wrong. He's he's he's, he's overegging it. He's overemphasizing that. Um, uh, but I think Kevin DeYoung has got it spot on you know that it's it's the gospel is the church's responsibility alone to proclaim and that's an amazing thing and we we you know we lose that our peril don't we and and the world's yeah, peril yeah definitely definitely i think that's first and foremost and most importantly that is what we're here for that is that is what god has called us to do um and and he makes that very clear and i think jesus makes it very clear that it's it's not it's not our job it's not our primary role to make everything on earth perfect no it, it, that is not going to happen that we are not going to sort out the world's problems in their entirety and create a perfect earth we cannot do that in our human strength and that's what concerns me is that what i hear too often is, is this you know that's that's what we're going to do and and we can never achieve that. I think Jesus made that quite clear. He's, I mean, he's, he said, didn't he, that the poor you will always have with you when mm. he was making the point mm. that I'm only here for a while. And, and um, you know, he, I don't think he was saying for a minute, I know he wasn't, because that would contradict what he says elsewhere, that we should not care for the poor. But we are never going to eradicate poverty this side of, of heaven. No. But... But what we know is, you know, we are not the agents of salvation. Jesus is. Jesus is the only one who is going to achieve salvation. He he is the one. Um, and ultimately, on his return to earth, all things will be made right. And all things will be as God originally intended. And that perfect state will come. 
Yeah. But it's not going to come now in our strength. Yeah, 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 totally. And and I think it's you're right. I mean, to it's easy to get muddled, isn't it? It's like Jesus is, um, yeah, by the whole thing statements about the poor you'll always have with you. Like you're saying, that's not saying you don't. We don't help to alleviate poverty. We should do that. And and you know the the New Testament and the Old Testament make that very clear that that that's a priority. But the, but the point is, like you're saying, is is that it's only going to be sorted out once and for all when Jesus comes back. And so if we don't have that eternal perspective on the world around us, we're going to be chasing after an ideal that we simply cannot fulfill because we're not called to fulfill that because that's Jesus's job. Um, and it's it's so easy. And, and I think the, the biggest trick here or deception is that it takes our eyes off the biggest problem that we have which is not our poverty, which is not our um, environment, which is not COVID, which is not um, how much money we've got in a bank or our health. It's sin. And unless we deal with that, we're stuffed. And the only, the only, the only way to, to deal with that is through, through Jesus, through what he's done on the cross. Um and this kind of leads us in nicely into back to William Philip again, wasn't it? Because he he was he was in the news. Well, he was in the news. He was, had an article in there. Was it Premier Christianity? I think it was Premier Christianity, wasn't it? Um, I'm not sure. One, one I think pretty sure it's Premier Christianity. Anyway, one, one of the one of the Christian websites. Um, yeah. What what what? Tell us about his banner. If be- <laughs> Well, he put up a banner outside his church in Glasgow because obviously I'm sure he had lots of passing traffic. Yes. Um, and it said, the world's most urgent need is churches preaching Christ crucified, not climate change. Wow. And that banner was very quickly defaced and ripped down, I think. It um, was, wasn't it? It, it, was, it yeah. was. And he received criticism from many within the church for what shouldn't be controversial if you're a christian i know but it's it's it is oh crumbs done it again it it is it is it is surprising though um how many or it's surprising how easy it is as christians to 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 have the gospel and it's jesus and Mm. it's the cross and, and it's like, uh-uh, no, that's that's not it. That's a con. If you're going with that, yeah. that's a con. That isn't the gospel. That is a false gospel. Because yeah. if that banner had said, um, the world's most urgent need is churches preaching Christ crucified and climate change, people would have loved it. Mm. I mean, no. Let's rewind. People wouldn't have loved it. They would have still taken, mm-hmm. taken offence at the Christ crucified part. But it 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 would have it, it would have been have, more acceptable. It would have been much more acceptable, and people would have thought, "Wow, isn't that really forward thinking?" Here we go. We have got someone having a a missional church outlook that that just takes the cross and bolts a bit of um, Greta onto it, and bolts a bit of you know Jeff onto it, and Elon onto it, and it's like no. This isn't it at all. This isn't this this is this is this is a you know a false gospel. It's like Paul saying, you know, if anybody preaches anything other than Christ crucified, he goes the whole hog, doesn't he? He says, Let him be eternally condemned. It's like you know, it's that important. But isn't um, it that again this issue of, of the right order that if the gospel is first and foremost and and absolutely clearly the mission of the church then the rest follows doesn't doesn't it so yes it does behind that comes loving your neighbor becomes the acts of service to help the poor to care for the environment to do to do all those things that comes in behind doesn't it so if if yes if your order is correct then everything will be in its rightful place. 
yes yeah but it has to it has to be the focus absolutely the focus has to be on what jesus has done on the cross the fact that mm. our sin by the way which you know has caused this fallen world has caused all the problems that we've got is sin um it has it has everything has to focus on what christ has won for us on on the cross and yeah if we get that order wrong um then that's a bad thing and and also the the other thing is is that if we if we say well it's the cross and let's say climate activism then that's not a gospel of grace that's a gospel of grace and works and that that's why you can't do it like that it's not compatible um so yeah i think it's spot on helen if we get if we get the order right then our attitudes towards the world around us the people around us flow from the fact that we are forgiven that we know we've been put right with our heavenly father that um we are putting our trust and our faith in jesus and that we are living for the heavenly kingdom the world to come you know we're living as aliens and aliens and strangers in this world as scripture tells us and yet so often we want we we, we seem to live as, as the opposite of that and, that, and that's really hard. That I mean, I struggle with that. I think it's it's a real challenge. Mm. Um, but we also, yeah, we also just talked about the whole kind of looking at the the signs around us, the time the time around us, uh, in terms of what's happening in the world. And I think that um, passage in uh, is it Luke thirteen? I think it is, isn't it? Um, and about the the tower of Sy- Siloam, and about the Galileans who had their blood mixed with the sacrifices, and people brought that up to Jesus to to see what he w- he would say. And I, I think that's an incredibly insightful passage because Jesus's response, I think, is surprising because most of us perhaps would say well Jesus would say well that's really bad really you know um, sorry that this has happened um, we should you know that, that, that's that's you know a kind of worldly compassion I think is what we instinctively would expect Jesus to say but actually what he does say is he draws our attention to it he says these people are no worse than, than you are they're no better than you are the point is you've got a very you've got a finite time on this earth you don't know when your time is up and the most important thing is actually are you right with god or not yeah because if you aren't doesn't matter you can you can you can be campaigning left right and center it's not going to matter one bit and i think it's important to to go and look at that passage to see the order of emphasis that Jesus himself puts on this and we should pay attention to that shouldn't we yeah yeah definitely and and Jesus he always he he went straight to he 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 sees the human heart doesn't he so so that's where he's he's always turning to the individual and always um, you know, talking to the heart and and what is going on in that in our hearts and yes. that's yeah. in everyone, isn't it? And so that's where this understanding of the sin in every heart yes. and that every person is in need of Jesus yeah. to save us from the power of death, ultimately, to save us from that sin which corrupts every human heart. Yeah, yeah. It... Um, and that's where the, the problem lies, doesn't it? I think there's something, I'm not sure I can really articulate it very well, but there's something, it seems to me, something about um, the world's obsession with these these big issues and that the, the problem is out there somewhere and it's for us to sort out. Mm. Um 
but completely missing the point that actually fundamentally the biggest problem is in within the human heart yeah yes because that's where the problems every problem that the world faces every problem that we as individuals face comes from what comes out of the human heart doesn't it that's where every breakdown in relationship comes from every um everything that we see as not right that doesn't work right that every every bad thing of anger and malice and envy and greed and all these things come from within the human heart yeah yeah i need i need to start looking at myself and start there and coming to god and repenting of my sin and allowing him to change me inwardly if i'm then going to have that um chance to to impact the world around me for for his glory in whatever way he wants to use me but unless i deal with where i am first i'm i i've had it you know um so yeah, and like Jesus says, unless you repent, you too will all perish. Those are harsh words, and yet they're really compassionate words because he's he's saying, "Look, there's hope. This is this yeah. is the rescue plan. Yeah. This is the way oh, through yeah. this. <laughs> it's not hopeless. It's hopeful." Um, and I think yeah, because Boris Boris Johnson talks about time running out in case you don't know who boris johnson is he's a prime minister uh he talked about time running out didn't he about the clock ticking to to midnight they often i think use the doomsday clock in a nuclear scenario but they've adapted it for the um climate change now it seems i don't know which 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 clock is close to midnight the nuclear one or the um climate one um but anyway i've no idea where the nuclear one is but maybe maybe we can find out for the next podcast but um, as, as Christians, we have a countdown clock ticking, don't we, to the return of, of Jesus. And um, that should be our focus, shouldn't it? Not, well, that should be our primary focus, not, not climate change or COVID or whatever else it might be. It has to be going back to the mission of the church the Great Commission, going out, making disciples, spreading the good news about Jesus. Um, that means of rescue that's only found in, found in him. And then through that, everything else will flow, isn't it? I think it's, it's so important. And this is the chance that the church has, isn't it? To, be, to have this unique voice at a time like this. And instead, too often... Well, William Philip had a, yeah, has a unique voice, let's be honest. Yeah. But, but the established yeah. church... In some circles, not all of them, but some of them, unfortunately, just kind of goes along with the mainstream narrative, and it's yeah. it's, and it's it's like, a no, this missed opportunity to step up. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so that's what that's what we need to do. Um, who was it who says we cannot save the planet? We cannot even save ourselves. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> do you know who said that? Um, no, I'm not sure. Anyway, well, it's a great quote. Whoever said that, quote. really, really good quote. I'm guessing it's probably one of those quotes that probably a few people have come up with. Um, so, look, Helen, you, you have a sciencey background. I have a non-sciencey background. Do you ever want want to add anything into into this from from that side of things? Given that this is often um, talked about in scientific terms, isn't it? The whole climate yeah, yeah. Uh, debate. Yes. It is, and uh, I mean, um, I've always, I've always been obsessed with science. I've always um, found science fascinating, and I count it as a privilege to have studied um, the level that I did. and And I have found that um, in the study of science, it has, um, I would say, has made me perhaps more humble a sense of humility because the for me the more I learn the more I realize how little 
I know, the mm-hmm. more, and I, I think any scientist who is truthful would say the same. The more I discover, the more I realize there is so much more to discover that there, that <laughs> the mind boggles at the awesome nature of creation. Um, and for me, I mean, I've only ever looked at, at what is created here on this earth, mm. but there are many scientists who study, you know, God's creation is not just the earth, but the entire universe. And there are scientists who look out, away out from the earth to, to the galaxies and the stars and, um, oh my goodness, and I can't even begin to comprehend. In fact, there's many places in scripture which, which try to, um, uh, uh, you know, talk about the, the same kind of thing, the sense of awe at the at just astonishing we would know so little look at the human brain for example we know less i think about we know more about the universe than we do about the human brain we just cannot fathom how it works and the more we discover the more we find that we don't know um anyway that's a long rambling way of saying that that um this is a very complex issue which is still not understood i mean the experts in their field would say that there is so much we still don't understand i mean just looking back trying to look back through history and look at how climate has changed we we all learn at school about about the ice age and you know we know there have been wild extremes of climate in in just the you know parts of the history of this planet that we know about Mm. um so uh to think that we can know what is going on right now and that we can control it as human beings, I think is, is um, very arrogant. <laughs> the earth is not static. It, it's not static and it's not perfect. Yeah. 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 I would, I would challenge any scientist to claim that it is either of those things. Um, so yeah. 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 I think it's, it just, and it also kind of ties in with this whole thing of, it's important, isn't it, to 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 get a broad range of views on mm. on a subject, and and you know whether it's looking at COVID and lockdowns, or whether it's looking at climate. There are very different voices out there, and and the big problem that we have today, and again, this is this is this is mirrored in the church, is that the mainstream narrative only puts one side of the story or one viewpoint across and that means that like we were saying earlier we can end up being misinformed Uh, and that's that's a really bad thing Uh, it's oversimplified so yes (laughs) in the newspapers almost always will be completely oversimplified so when when we were young, uh, the obsession was about the ozone layer. That was talked about all the time, wasn't it? The ozone layer. We yes, the ozone layer. it was. Um, it must be fixed now because we don't talk about it. Well, we don't talk about it now. But, the, but now the obsession is with carb. It's with carbon uh, and carbon dioxide, um, and and that's the current uh, obsession. But um, it, you know, just things like the carbon cycle, and I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on the carbon cycle, but what I do know is that that is very complex. The whole issue around carbon is very complicated. Mm. And so when people start to talk about uh, meat production or, you know, livestock farming and that all we need to do is we need to all stop eating meat and that will solve the problem. It's just like that's that's ridiculously oversimplifying a very complex issue for example um yeah so uh, yeah it's, that, that, it, that would be a great rabbit hole to go down wouldn't it the whole oh, the meat thing and, and why one, yeah. and why why <laughs> that is happening and what what's really going on there because there is a what's really going on there with that one but uh, yeah. that that's a topic for for another Maybe another for time another <laughs> it's um damon alban from the uh, band blur uh, very very good albums uh, i think modern life is is rubbish um was 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 a particularly good one um never a blur fan actually never really. a blur fan wait oh, okay well it's got some good tunes on actually yeah very, very mm. um, apt title as well uh, but anyway he was he was um on the news today 
saying how he, I mean, he's kind of, you know, speaking somewhat figuratively, but he was saying how he watched climate change in action because he recently went to Iceland to record some music uh, for, I think, presumably for an album he's, he's, he's just released. And he was remarking about how he'd noticed that, noticed that the, the, the environment outside, it was, it was looking different. Um, I think it was a glacier and it was, it was less of it. But the, the irony was, and the irony of what he was saying, is that he flew to Iceland to do this recording and then commented on the effects of climate change which is interesting because i think we've seen this time and time again kind of bring it back to what we're saying at the start how many people flew into the cop 26 conference and how many people flew out again on their private jets telling us the regular people of this world i suppose one of a a more apt title that Mm -hmm. we need to travel less we need to eat less meat um, but actually, we, as in the elites, will, you know, continue to do what we want to do. It's, whole, it's like the whole kind of face mask thing, wasn't it? You know, remember the the, the, the G7 summit in, in Cornwall, all making a big show of socially distancing with their face masks on for the cameras. And then when, you know, when they're watching the fly past, they're all there, cheek by jowl, face masks off. And it's like, do as we say, but not as we do. But it's blatant now. It's blatant. I mean, it's, we've seen this with COVID, and now, now we're seeing with the climate, um, the climate agenda. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think we just need to pay attention to what's happening, pay attention mm. to what we're being told and how we're being told it, mm. because um, that will actually enable us to be better informed and to be making wiser decisions about life I think so yeah that was yeah. a interesting one for Damon I don't know what his uh, new songs <laughs> like but there we go so want to bring well, I suppose it, it's um, a bit similar oh, I was thinking um, that for, for example we well maybe maybe we don't all know this but um if the earth was only a tiny bit closer to the sun we would we would we would be burnt to a crisp we we would cease to exist if the earth was only a tiny bit further away from the sun we would all be frozen solid and the earth you know that that would be it so the earth is a i mean you know anyone who who's not a christian and a scientist would say it's a complete miracle just in just in being in that position that it's in yes yeah just the right distance from from the sun so so um yeah what am i trying to say it, it's i think as christians we need to under, understand that god is creator and and he loves us and he created this earth and he created us to live on this earth mm-hmm. and so we need to trust him we mustn't abuse the earth that he's told us to look after, mm-hmm. but we don't need to be fearful about there being some kind of sudden, you know, catastrophe that we should be stopping immediately now. We that do you, do you see what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, no, that 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 makes that make that makes so much sense, and that's absolutely right as well. Um, and of course, you know, added into and added into that is is you know countries like China, Russia, um, India, Pakistan, for example. Just to pick out some obvious ones, there there are other countries as well. Um, you know, unless they do something very significant in terms of what they're outputting, if you go with the kind of mainstream climate narrative, for example, then it matters very little what this country does or what Europe does because you know it's it's not <laughs> so in the so, scheme of things it will yeah make no so so you, so if you, Boris gets rid of all of our um you know all of our cars and uh, all of our gas boilers um and uh, we're not allowed to eat meat anymore and 
all of those things um won't make the slightest bit of difference not on, on a worldwide scale no no and and this is why you know like you're just saying just then we've this is why we need to have that heavenly perspective of um who actually sustains the earth the bible tells us that that that, that you know the earth is sustained by god's power it's not by it's not by a climate conference it's not by you know activism it's sustained by god's power and christians have this message of hope we have this message of hope we have the truth and we need to stop diluting it and robbing it of its power and instead hold it out um, in grace and compassion. Um, what about Neil Oliver? Does he have anything to say about this? Oh, I'm such a fan of Neil Oliver. Yeah. He always has something good to say. <laughs> yes, he had a real rant the other day about the COP26 conference. I would highly recommend watching his little piece. Yeah, I quite, I quite I like his little... I really enjoyed his his monologues. He, he, he presented like Coast, style. didn't he? Is that the same guy? Have I got the... Yeah, yeah. He was on... He's, or is, is coast, he on Coast? The Coast the guy coast or something? The guy is his Twitter handle. Right, okay. But well, he was well, on Coast, wasn't he? He, uh, he... Was he or he, not? I might get completely sure. mixed up now. He did a programme where he was going around... Yeah, he, he talks about history and yeah i'm pretty sure it's the same guy well if it's not it's, yeah, a, yeah, it's yeah. a very similar yeah, looking sure guy let's put it that way <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> anyway right that's yeah uh yeah so anyway so he was uh, there's a yes a great monologue about basically about their hypocrisy okay. and um and he says throughout it because it's not about what they say it's about mm-hmm. um and he keeps going back to that because he says this is about power and money and control. Um, and he also challenges, I've said this before, he said this before, that, that this is something the church should be speaking into. Um, he talked That's what he said, was it? He's, he said that this is something the church should be speaking he said, into. He said this a number of times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, do, we, do we know if he's a, if he's a believer or, or, or not? I suppose um, we do. No, have any I don't idea? think. I don't think he claims to be. Okay. No, no, that's fine. He's, I uh, think he must be a, just interested. a, a seeker, a questioner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, definitely. He talked about St. Francis of Assisi and how he talked the talk and walked the yes. walk. And then he, he said about these, you know, these great, these global leaders and these, um, you know, multi billionaires or you know whoever they are jeff bezos and the like and he said something like you know when when you give up all of your wealth and you sell your vast mansions and homes and everything and you you buy your little little eco home and you um get on your bike to go up the road to get all your produce from the local farm and you know when you live like that then i might listen to what you have to say and and maybe i will i will <laughs> do what you're suggesting but until you do that i don't think so yes yes yeah and that of course is or it- is it that you are just telling the the little people how they should live and yeah. you'll just you'll just carry on as you are yeah. is that what it's about and, and and yeah, totally. That that and that's that that's a, that's a good reminder for us as Christians, isn't it? We 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 can't tell others unless we're living it ourselves, and that's why we're called to live um, as followers of Christ, following in His footsteps, so that we do live out what we speak out. But he's 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 spot on in that observation, and you know, for him to say, "Isn't this something the church should be speaking into?" Well, that that does speak volumes because clearly he's not getting the impression that the church is speaking into it otherwise he wouldn't have said that um and i know that there are people in the church who are speaking up and and good good men and women of god who are um putting their heads above the parapet but we we simply need more of that don't we um and this sadly is about power money and control 
Um, and I think as Christians, we should be alerting those around us to what's happening. And this, at the end of the day, is kind of what we're trying to do here, isn't it, Helen? Is to give that kind of biblical viewpoint on what's happening in in the world and hopefully encourage others to to think through these things a little bit deeper and if we can do that then it's a then it's a win um but yeah do you want to do you want to finish here what is about where our focus should be what do you reckon um yeah i think i think i think for me the takeaway thing do you know one thing, going back to what we were saying about looking into the human heart, um, there's, I'm a bit of a fan of Jordan Peterson, and um, sometimes he makes me cry, the things that he says. when he, he's, a, he's, a re, he's really seeking after God and questioning lots of things. Um, and he's done this, I think it's called a wing and a prayer. Um, yes, you Google it, you'll yes, find it. yeah. Um, and it's a kind of... It's a bit. It's a bit like a prayer. I think it's he's drawing from the Lord's Prayer, um, and and in there he that's what he talks about. That he talks about the snake in the human heart, and um, yeah, I think it's quite sobering. I think um, I think for me, um, these with these big issues that I need to look first to myself and um you know what's what needs what does jesus need to do in my heart yeah. before i go looking for what everybody else should be doing or whatever yeah. and yeah. and if the world ordered in that way and if, if we all did that i think a lot of the issues that we face might not be seem quite so yeah wouldn't be yeah i think um that makes a lot of sense and i know i know that i know that yeah he he does he does speak um a lot of wisdom doesn't he jordan peterson and uh if he's if he's not if he's not a believer he's he seems very close to it i think yeah Uh, i pray for him yeah he's he's uh but he's he's quite close i think he is isn't he he is um well, look, on this note, I think um, we'll just finish by just saying that just a reminder for for us all, isn't it, that our focus as Christians should be on the gospel, living our faith as Jesus calls us to. Um, and, yeah, we want to respect the creation, God's creation around us, use it wisely, but we don't worship it. We don't elevate it to something that it's not intended to do because that, that is deeply deeply wrong deeply offensive to god contrary to his word instead we put god on the throne and um yeah through serving him he then uses us for his purposes and we can take heart from the fact that the world is sustained by his power and that jesus is coming back and it's when jesus comes back that everything will be put right and uh we look forward to that day, don't we? We do. And remember that God loves each one of us, that we are his creation. He created us in his in His image and he loves us. Absolutely. Nice one. Cool. Right, well, we'll finish there and uh, see you on the next one. See you soon.